Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. In this series, um, we've, been t- we've been studying the book of Daniel. And Daniel is a, we, we learned that Daniel is not only a prophetic, a prophetic book, but it is also a historical book. And so the past, for the past couple weeks, we've been looking at the first six chapters of Daniel, which are historic. But today, we're going to take a shift, and for the last message of this series, to kind of go out with a bang here, um, I've got, just going to give you a heads up right now, I've got a very, very deep message for you. And this message is going to be tackling the last six chapters of the book of Daniel, which is all prophetic. This is all about, Daniel actually saw the same vision that John did, that John wrote down in the book of Revelation about the end time. So, if you like it deep, I'm going to say it one more time. I know I said this a lot during this series, but if you like it deep, this is your weekend. In fact, I need you to help me out a little bit during this message because it's going to be so deep. I have been preparing so hard for this message It's going to be one of the most difficult messages I am going to give you this morning. So if this is your first time, I don't mean to scare you, um, but I do. what I do want to do is I want to give you an idea of what the book of Revelation looks like, what the last six chapters of Daniel looks like, and what the end times actually look like. Because if you're like me, so many of us, we don't have any idea what the end times are like. We've heard of all different types of things, like there's probably going to be a rapture or something, and Jesus is coming back on a white horse, and, and whatever that may be. We know all, we, we, we've heard different things about it, but today, all I want to do is I just want to explain it to you a little bit and help you get a better understanding. And I kind of want to preface this first, too, as this is just kind of my idea of the end times. I'm trying to just teach you some basic biblical knowledge about it, But what I want to encourage you to do is to not just take my word for it, but I want to encourage you that this week, go home and really study about it and really study what you believe. Because scholars have all kinds of different ideas about what will actually happen on the end times. And I'm not going to say that all my ideas are right. I'm going to give you my viewpoint on it, but I'm not going to say all my ideas are right. Go home, study it a little bit, and find out really and really dig deep on what you believe. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. Some people believe the end times have already come to pass. Some people say that there, it's, 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 it's still yet to happen. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit. But what I just want to do today is I just want to teach you. I just want to teach you the basic stuff so that you have an, at least an idea on what the book of Revelation looks like. And I think that's important for me to do and, and because I believe that my job is to resource you as the church. And if I don't teach you this stuff, then uh, I'm... Personally, I'm not doing my job. I'm not going to do this all the time, so I just want you to know that if it's your first time, this is going to be a a very different message, but I do want to make sure that I resource our church and give this to you, and I really do hope that you can walk out of these doors today understanding something a little bit more uh, than, than you did before about the end time. So, anyway, are you ready for this? If you're, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, all right, good, good, good. It's going to be a great message, so just hang on tight. Uh, but this whole series idea in counterculture, we've been looking at how to live godly in an ungodly culture, and we learned that that's exactly what Daniel did. And so today, to understand those last six prophetic books, what I want to do is I want to give you 
Uh, I, I want to give you how, where Jesus validates these last six chapters of Daniel. Where Daniel is a very prophetic book, Jesus validates everything that Daniel saw in the last six chapters. It's found here in Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 3, it says that as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. They said, tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming of the end of the age? And to that question, Jesus really responds that you're not going to know the answer. In fact, Jesus would later say that he doesn't even know the day or the hour. And Jesus is really trying to tell them here, basically throughout these scriptures, and I'm paraphrasing this for you, but Jesus is trying to tell them here to stop putting their energy into the time, into figuring out the exact time that he's coming back. Can I tell you, Jesus doesn't want us sitting around just worried about what time he's coming back. Jesus wants us to live our lives. And that's what we're going to learn in this message today. And it says, uh, um, I think I, I skipped one, sorry here. And what will be the sign of the coming of the end of the age? And so Jesus responds to these guys and he says, basically, I can't tell you the time, and I'm paraphrasing this to save time. Jesus says, I can't tell you the time, but I can tell you the signs. And so Jesus doesn't even know the time, but Jesus gives us the signs. And if you read Matthew 24, he lists all these different signs. And it's interesting because I believe that all of these signs that Jesus listed, get ready, all of these signs have been fulfilled. I believe that every sign that Jesus listed has been fulfilled in all, throughout all the different generations. And so every generation, and, and some of you probably know this, but every generation thought that they would be able to see the end times. They thought they were the generation to see the return of Christ. In fact, if you were around uh, in, in the World War II era, a lot of people thought that because of World War II, and the, and, and the Bible talks about rumors of wars, right? And that's what, if you really study on World War II, that's what we find out, that that's what was happening. And, and so many people related Hitler as the Antichrist. They thought because he was such an evil ruler that, that, that they related him to the Antichrist. And, and so every generation has believed and has thought that maybe that they are the end time generation. But can I tell you that all the generations had these signs, but not all of them had the signs all at the same time. My viewpoint on the end times is really this, is that I believe we are the first generation to see all the signs being fulfilled simultaneously. I think we're one of the first generations where all the signs are happening in one generation. And that's just my viewpoint on it. But, but Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 24, it says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow old. What is he talking about here? Is that once people who were loyal to God, we'll see Christians calling, we'll be, we'll be seeing Christians calling wickedness okay. I can tell you we see that all the time, but it says, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. It goes on to say, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And I want you to notice that this nations here, whenever we think about nations, we think about big nations, right? 
we think about maybe China or Russia or India or just big nations. This is not actually what the Bible is talking about. It's not talking about a geographical border location. In the Greek, this nations is actually literally translated as ethnos, and which means people groups within nations. And so what they're talking about here is not just big nations, They're talking about the people groups within the nations to where places like China and India have hundreds of different ethnic groups within their nation. And so Jesus says that that when my gospel is preached to all of those different people groups, he goes on to say, and then the end time will come. And studies say that there's actually about 2,000 different ethnic groups in the world. And so there's 2,000 different ethnic groups, and when they all had the opportunity to hear the gospel, and then the end will come. And I believe that really with the, with the capability of this digital technology, to where years ago we would have to go over and build a physical Bible school in a third world country, we can take them technology that can teach them just as well. And I think because of technology that's actually speeding, in my opinion, speeding the return of Christ. And so it goes on to say, so when you see standing in the holy place, which is the holy place they're talking about here, I believe is Jerusalem, which is in the temple of Jerusalem, the abomination that causes desolation spoken through the prophet Daniel. Here's where Jesus affirms those last six chapters of Daniel that we haven't touched yet. Jesus says that, that basically that Daniel was right. He talks about this abomination that causes desolation, which is really just a point during the seven-year tribulation where the Antichrist will, will put a statue of himself in a temple, in the temple in Jerusalem. And this idea was spoken through Daniel. And Jesus affirmed that this has not yet been fulfilled. Jesus is essentially saying here that this has not yet been fulfilled. And this idea that was spoken through Daniel, Jesus affirmed. And it's go, and it goes on to say, and I love how it ends this passage here, Jesus just says, and let the reader understand. And if you're like me, you're probably like, but this reader does not understand. <laughs> like, sorry, I just don't get it. And I'm saying, but Jesus, this stuff is complicated, right? This stuff is so complicated. and In fact, if you read the whole book of Revelation, Revelation is so complicated. The last six chapters of Daniel is so complicated. So I've got a gift for you today. Are you ready? I've worked hard for you this week, and I'm going to give you a gift. And I'm going to try to make all that complicated stuff as simple as I possibly can. And here's what I'm going to do, is I'm going to take the cookies from the top shelf, And I'm going to try to set them on the bottom shelf for you, all right? So that everybody can get a cookie. Are you ready for that? That's what I want to do. I want want to make it easy so that you can understand. And so the best way I know how, I'm going to summarize the last six chapters of Daniel. I'm even going to dive into some revelation. And here's my goal. I I want to reduce it down to a few key things so that you can understand it. And then at the end of this message, I'm going to have a wrap-up, and I'm going to give you a few key takeaways from this whole message series. So if you've been here for the whole message series good for you. We're going to give you some great takeaways at the end. So really quick, I'm going to be really teachy for a few minutes, and then I'm going to give you the application at the end. So if you don't like teaching, I'm sorry, but there is application coming towards the end. And so let me give you the teaching part. There's one place in Daniel where Daniel summarized all the visions. It's in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24, and it says this. It says, uh, Daniel saw 
77s. And this is going to be important, so I want you to understand this. He, he saw 77s, which we later find out that the sevens are seven years. And he saw, so what Daniel saw, Daniel saw all of prophecy within 490 years. 490 is the same thing, by the way, as 77s. If you, 70 times 7 is 490. So there are 70 sections of 7, 490 years that Daniel saw. And I believe that most of what Daniel saw has already been fulfilled. In fact, almost all of it has already been fulfilled. And there's three major segments within these 77s. And I'm going to give that to you in just a minute. But we're going to keep reading here. And it says, so these 77s are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone wickedness. It goes on to say, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know and understand this. And you're like, if you're like me, you're probably like, I don't understand it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out here. So it goes on to say, from the issuing of this decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Can I tell you that Daniel saw the rebuilding of Jerusalem? Daniel had no idea the rebuilding of Jerusalem happened after Daniel was dead. But Daniel saw the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And it's so interesting how he could actually, he could actually see this. And in fact, the re rebuilding of Jerusalem happens towards the end of your Bible, if your Bible was in chronological order. It would be towards the books of Nehemiah and Esther, right before Jesus comes back. And it says that they saw the rebuilding of Jerusalem until the Anointed One, Anointed One here is capitalized because Daniel literally saw Jesus. So Daniel is talking about Jesus. Until the Anointed One, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. Now let me stop there because that just sounds like a tongue twister and it's all kind of confusing. Let me help you understand. He's talking about there's a first set of sevens, which is 49 years. And can I tell you, can you guess how long it took to rebuild Jerusalem? It took 49 years to rebuild the temple and rebuild the city. And so Daniel sees that first set as the 49 years of rebuilding Jerusalem. And then he sees the second set, which is 62 sevens, which equals 434 years. And can I tell you, that it's exactly 434 years from the date that Jesus died on the cross. And I tell you that Daniel saw it all. Daniel saw that after that there would be 434 years. And, I, and in that year of the 434th year, Jesus, the Anointed One, died on a cross for us. Daniel saw it all. And it's pretty amazing how this lined up. And it says it will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in the times of trouble, after the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be cut off. He's talking about Jesus will be crucified here. And will have nothing. And the people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And I believe that he's talking about in AD 70, the temple that they rebuilt uh, when they went back, was destroyed yet again. And then it says the end will come like a flood. And, and, and so there's still these missing sevens. We haven't got through all the 77s. There's still 69 
of the 77s left. And it says, war will continue until the end and, and desolations have been decreed. It goes on to say, he, who is he? he, he the, Daniel is talking about right here, he's talking about the Antichrist. He's talking about there, there, there'll be this king rise up, this Antichrist will rise up, and he will confirm a covenant. And so Daniel says here that there'll be this Antichrist rise up, and if, I, if you want me to put it in modern news, here's what I'll do. In modern news, this would be basically, there will be a great guy rise up, and, they will, and this guy, this, this guy who we don't know as the Antichrist, will rise up and he will broker this peace deal with Israel. And essentially what will happen is that all Israel wants out of this deal is to rebuild their temple yet again, and they want to reinstitute the blood sacrifice. And, and, that's, and, and that will happen for one seven. This one seven is the seven that I believe we're missing. And it says, in the middle of the seven, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering. So in three and a half years, within that seven, and I'm sorry if I'm getting so deep for you, I hope, I hope you're keeping up with me, but in this last seven, when the Antichrist rise up in the middle of that seven, the Antichrist will rise up and say, you know what, just kidding, I'm actually the Antichrist. And it says that on the wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation. And, and until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. You got that, everybody? Let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. Let me, let me, explain, let me, let me explain this to you. Let me show you what this means. I'm just going to summarize this passage into uh, some quick thoughts. Are you ready? You got your pens? You got your notepads out? Are you ready? Here we go. I want to give you a lot of thoughts in, in a short amount of time. Here's the first one. The 77s, that's 490 years of prophecy. Daniel saw a total of 490 years of prophecy. Here's what I believe, that 483 of the 490 years have been fulfilled. I also believe this, that 40, it, it took, we, we know this, I don't just believe this, we know this, it took 49 years to rebuild the temple, and then 434 years later, Jesus would give his life on the cross. And so that's, that's the first, that's literally the 69 sevens. And then we know that since the 69 sevens have been fulfilled, here's what I believe, that there are seven years of prophecy yet to be fulfilled. And this last point right here is what should be interesting to us. Because Daniel, Jesus, Paul, and Peter... And the entire book of Revelation is centered around these last seven years. When you read Revelation, most of Revelation is all about the last seven years. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And so what I want to do is I want to take the complicated book of Revelation, I want to make it simple. And uh, I believe that if you would take the whole book of Revelation and you would summarize it, you would have about 10 different events. So here's what I'm going to do for you today, because I'm so nice. I'm going to give you 10 events out of the whole book of Revelation. I'm going to summarize the whole book of Revelation into 10 things. You got it? All right, I don't mean to scare you, but I want to give you this. So let me show you where, and I'm going to show you where this seven-year period fits in those 10 events, and then I'm going to give you the conclusion to the series. So you, you with me, everybody? You with me? 
All right, all right. So you're probably sitting there like, oh my gosh, what's this all about? All right, just hang in there, all right? Hang in there. Here's the first event that I believe happens in Revelation. The first event is the church age, and that's Revelation 2 and 3. And if, if you're like me, I believe that we are living currently in the church age. In fact, if you like studying, I would encourage you to read those two chapters because Jesus himself, himself gives this revelation and says there's seven things that I want my church focused on. So I would encourage you to read those two because that's where I believe that we're at. Here's the second thing here. The second after the church age is something called the rapture. Some people believe in the rapture, some people don't. In fact, a lot of churches are split on whether they believe that there is a rapture or not. I don't even want to tell you my opinion because it's going to take way too long. But some people believe that there is a rapture, and the reason people believe that there is a rapture is because in Revelation 4 verse 1, that is the last time the word church is used in Revelation. And so people think that it makes sense because, because church is not mentioned after Revelation 4.1 that the church is missing, that they're not there. That's what some people believe. If you, if you believe it, that's great. If you don't believe it, that's all right because I can tell you that the conclusion is for all of us, all right? And so here's, here's the next thing. Number three, the rise of the Antichrist. The rise of the Antichrist. And this is what Daniel saw. Daniel saw this king, this person, who would make this peace deal essentially with Israel, and he would he would look like a guy who's got it going on. I tell you, the Antichrist is not going to come out and have horns on his head, all right? No, 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 no. He's going to be an appealing guy, a guy that everybody likes, and a guy that uh, that that's really just got it going on, and and, uh, and and a guy that would lure people in by having them take upon, which you've probably all heard of, this mark of the beast, right? And we later learned that the mark of the beast is this 666, right? And so, so this guy will lure them in uh, to take upon this mark of the beast. And that will begin, I believe that will begin when the peace treaty thing is signed, all right? I believe that that's when that will begin. And if you're around for that, heads up, the rapture didn't happen, or either you didn't make it, all right? So uh, <laughs> you just, you know, count your blessings there, I guess. So, uh, the, But can I tell you that if you do a little bit of research on this, which I know... There's some crazy people out there, but I did some research because these are some crazy topics. But there are actually, it's interesting because plans are being made today for the rebuilding of that temple in Jerusalem. And in fact, the furniture, some people believe, the furniture is already done and it's just sitting in a warehouse and waiting to get put in to the temple. And it's so interesting whenever you dig so deep on that. And, and, and so, and so once the treaty is signed, I believe that's when it, that that's when it begins the last seven or, or the last section of the sevens that the last the last seven missing years with the last seven missing years are going to be this the tribulation i want you to notice that almost all the book of revelation is about these last missing seven years it's about these last seven years and and uh and if you ever read it, you would probably think, well, that's very confusing, all right? If you read anything in 6 through 19, you're probably like, wow, this is so confusing. I want to reduce it down for you. Here's what I've got to say about all those books, is that there is seven years of very difficult tribulation and that God is going to judge the earth. And can I tell you that it's not all doom and gloom. The Bible says that there will be people saved during this time, but it also says that it'll be very difficult for people to come to Christ during this time. And I believe that this seven years, this last, this tribulation will all end with this fifth event, 
which is the second coming of Christ. And the Bible says that Jesus right now is sitting at the right hand of His dad. He's sitting at the right hand of His Father. And He is wanting to come and get you. Can I tell you that just, just to not preach, or just to not teach to you this morning, let me preach to you. Jesus is wanting to come get you right now. He's sitting next to His dad and He's saying, Dad, when can I come get him? When can I go? When can I go? When can I go? When can I go? And that's what this second coming is. Can I tell you that Jesus wants to come and get you? He wants to come and get the church. And, and I can, and, and why, why does he want to come and get the church? Because the Bible talks about, all throughout the Bible, we see this relationship with the church and with Christ. And we are called, the church is called the bride of Christ. And so if Jesus is the groom, He is so anxiously waiting on you. He's waiting on you to get there so that He can be married essentially, right? So He, he wants to be married to the church and, and not, not in any type of weird way. Jesus just wants to spend time with you. He's desperate this morning to spend time with you. He's asking His Father, when can I come for Him? When can it happen? Because I want to spend time with them. And the Bible says that our Lord is not slow in keeping His promise to return, but our God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. Can I tell you that the only thing holding back Jesus is the Father's love for that one more lost person. The only thing holding back Jesus is the Father's love for that one lost person. He's waiting, and He's waiting, and He wants everyone that He can to experience eternity. And so we know that He's going to return, and, 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 and then we later find out that He's going to put the Antichrist and Satan in this bottomless pit, and then we're going to do this. In fact, we're going to party when that happens, alright? That's what the marriage supper of the Lamb, I know it sounds really fancy, but the marriage supper of the Lamb is essentially this, that we're going to have a big party, alright? And the Bible says that we're going to party, and if you like to eat, come on somebody, I got the gift of eating in here, alright? And we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to eat, and we're going to have a good time. And I think it's interesting that the first thing the Lord wants to do with you when you get into heaven, He does not want to put you in a choir robe and make you sing in a choir. He does not want to give you wings. He, he, he doesn't want to make you a fat baby with a harp, alright? No, 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 no. That's not what He wants. He wants to party with you and I think that's just so awesome. And why does He want to do it? Because He's finally reunited with His bride, which is us which is the church. He's finally reunited with His church. And then finally, after this, there's something called the millennium. And the millennium is this thousand-year reign of Christ, not in heaven, but on earth. Christ is going to reign on earth. And guess what? You will get to be on earth with Christ, with Jesus as the earth's king. Jesus is going to come back and be the earth's king. And because Satan doesn't exist, can I tell you, there won't be any more sin. 20th Street in Murfreesboro will be open again. Hallelujah. All right. That's what we're talking about. No more construction. The Krispy Kreme light will always be on, everybody. Come on. There's not going to be any more sin. And, uh, and I thought of this last night while I was studying for this message. I'm like, chocolate milk will forever be in one of those glass bottles 
in, in, the, in the farm fresh jar, all right? You know what I you know what I'm talking about, all right? That's the best milk that's out there. I'm telling you, so, so there, there's, there's going to be this reign of Christ as the earth's king. And everything, there's, it's going to be sinless. And, and you're going to be able to live. It's going to be so, so awesome. And, uh, and so, so there'll be no more sin. And then we'll have, we come to number eight, which is the last rebellion. And can I tell you, I'm just going to be upfront with you. I don't know everything about this section because I think it kind of it kind of weirds me out, and I don't really understand it. But for whatever reason, God is going to let Satan out one more time to test the earth. And most scholars believe that Satan is going to come out to test the earth because for the people that is born during the millennium to either choose or reject Jesus, um, you can read it, get your opinion on that. I'm not going to stay on this for a long time um, because the ending is important. And here's what it'll all end with. Everything's going to end with this. The great white throne... Judgment, where everyone dead and living will essentially have their day in court. And they will be judged based on, based on their character before the Lord. And so everyone's going to have their day in court. And then the last two chapters, which is for everyone, which is the good news for us today, is this. And then we all get to live in eternity. And the great thing is, is that you get to live forever. And a lot of people don't understand this part. In fact, they think, uh, they think we're going to be in clouds singing in a choir, right? Uh, but, but that's just absolutely not true. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and God is going to make the earth like it was in the Garden of Eden, and it's going to be incredible, all right? Everybody, the earth is going to be awesome. In fact, the Bible talks about that the lion and the lamb will lay next to each other that the animals will lose their carnivorous instinct and, 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 and that, and that they'll, all, they'll all be together with peace and we'll be together with peace and love and joy and unity and we'll be able to stand around and we'll be able to enjoy nature and mountains and rivers. And, and the Bible also says, I've done a little research on this, that there'll be ethnic, the ethnic groups that we have will still be in place. Some people teach that we're all going to be made like one. Like all the Chinese people are all going to look like they're from Southern Illinois. Like, you know, <laughs> that's, not, that's not how it's going to be. That The ethnic groups are going to be in place. And I'm, I'm sorry if that disappointed you. In fact, uh, I, I, I heard this not too long ago. Somebody asked and said, you know, if, if they're going to be there, then I don't want to be there. And I'm, I thought, you know what? I thought in my mind, you're, you're probably right. You won't be there. <laughs> all right? <laughs> He'll take us, he'll take you a little bit to get it. But come on, everybody. <laughs> he loves Jesus and the God loves all the people of the world. And heaven is going to be full of diversity and it's going to be fabulous. It's going to be awesome. And that's for all of us. And so listen, I, I hope I helped you today. That's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to help you and show you the book of Revelation if you've never really dived into it before. But I want you to understand that no matter what you believe before this, I, I, everybody has a different belief on it, but we all get to experience this. And that's the end goal. We all get to have eternity, and it's going to be great. And so that's how it all plays out. And then I just reduced the entire book of Revelation and in the, in the end of Daniel all down into those few minutes. So I might need a water or something. But, uh, but it's, it's great to study. No, that's all right. It's all right. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but the value is... It, it's great to study. It's great to study. You got one? Oh, man, I'll take it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Is this all right if I can just... Let me tell you. Talking a lot. Sorry. Um, all right. Back to it. 
It's a great study, all right? This, is, this stuff is great to study. But the value is this. How in the world does it change my life? How does knowing this stuff change my life? Because I believe that you can have the most accurate chart and you can have the most accurate chart and if nothing changed your life, it's not worth anything. Some, something in this has to change your life. And so I want to teach you, let's learn how to live, essentially. Let's finish this series and I think it's fitting that we finish this series on the book of Daniel in the last chapter of Daniel, which is Daniel 12. And Daniel says, uh, as Daniel says basically this, that, that some of these things I understand and some of this I don't, um, but how in the world does this apply to me is essentially what Daniel says here. And it goes on to say, at the time, Michael the Great Prince, which Michael the Great Prince is an angel who's in charge of war and answering to prayers, uh, who protects the people will arise. There will be a time of distress, which he's talking about here. There'll be this, the, the last seven years of distress, which is the tribulation, such as has not happened from the beginning of the nations until then. But at that time, uh, at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the Lamb's book of life, essentially what, what he's talking about here is the Lamb's book of life, uh, the book that if you're saved, your name is written in it, will be delivered. And so that's the good news for us. But then it says that multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth, what is he talking about here? He's talking about the decayed bodies who have rejected Jesus of the earth will awake. And he's talking about here at the end of Daniel, he's showing us the great white throne judgment. And he says some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. So Daniel sees that there will be a group of people. There'll be a group of people who not only will have it figured out, but there'll be a group of people who understand the end times and that they'll be able to live with the right character in their lives. And that's what God, that's what God is looking for. He's looking for a group of people who not only can understand it, but who can live their lives like it. And it says, those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. And can I tell you that that's why I like the missional nature of this church. Because I believe that this church does not exist just for a place for us to go to on Sundays, but it exists for people who are not already here yet. Why in the world are we doing a series next week like at the movies? It sounds completely silly, and especially after this message, you're going to think that I've just gone off the deep end with the next message. It's going to be so light for you, all right? But why in the world would we do that? Because this church does not exist for us to come in and set every weekend. It exists for the person who's not here yet. It exists for the next person. And so, that, and, that's, and so that's where we're at. In fact, one of our values says that we'll do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. That's what we're doing next week. We're doing anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. But then it goes on to say, but you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase their knowledge. And I think this is unique to our generation. In fact, I believe that we live in a generation who is marked by being able to go anywhere we want, whenever we want. We have access to that. And not only, not only that, but it says that knowledge is increasing. In fact, scientists say that knowledge in the world did not double until about 200 years ago. About 200 years ago, the knowledge that we knew doubled 200, uh, 200 years ago, 
But then it doubled again 50 years later. And then knowledge doubled again about 30 years later. But now, scientists say that we will know more, we will know more two years from now. Our knowledge will double from what we know right now and from in, into two years. We will know double what we already know now. And so this is what the Bible is talking about, that there will be this increase of knowledge. And I love how Daniel picks this up. It's probably my favorite part. He says, I heard what you said, but I didn't understand what you meant. That's a refrigerator verse from you guys, all right? That's why <laughs> you got to look at your wife. I heard what you said, but I didn't know what you meant. I, and, so, and, and, and so that's what Daniel essentially says. And he says, so I ask, how will all of this finally end, my Lord? And it goes on to say, but he said, go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the end of time. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. Let me pick it up here. And, and so here's one more thing about this generation. And I want you to notice this, and I did some research on this, but there have been more people come to Christ from 2003 until now than all the people from Christ to 2003. Isn't that amazing? We're living in a harvest generation, everybody. God is harvesting, and, and, and I believe that He's about to do it in this area. And it says, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. God is calling us to be wise. I'm going to give you three things at the end of this message to, uh, to tell you about being wise. But it goes on to say, from the time the daily sacrifices stopped and the sacrilegious objects that cause desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days, which is three and a half years, and, and then it goes on to say, and, wait, did I miss? Sorry. I am. And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way until the end. And all of that, he says, all of this to say, this is the important part, and you will rest. You will rest. And if I've made you nervous at any part of this message, that's not the purpose of prophecy. Can I tell you the purpose of prophecy is to find out that you are on the winning side. You're all right. You don't even have to worry about it because when you have Jesus, you are on the winning side. And then, at the end of the days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance that is set aside for you. And that's how the book of Daniel ends. And so it makes sense for me to say, and I'm just going to summarize what the end of Daniel says. I want to say this to you. Daniel says this to you. Don't be afraid, but be wise. Don't be afraid, but actually understand. It's important for you to actually understand what's going to happen. And can I tell you, if you're struggling in here today, if you're hurting in here today, hang in there. Because the good news is, is that God has an inheritance for you. He has an inheritance for you. And let me give you some wisdom, and that no matter what your view is on the end times, let me give you something that I think we can all agree on. It comes from Second Peter here, and it says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Can I tell you, if you cannot predict when a thief is going to come and rob your house, right? 
If you could predict that, you would probably stay up with a gun in your hand, right? That's just what we would do, all right? And so we can't predict it. And so, so the Lord is basically saying that stop putting your energy in trying to figure out when he's going to come back, but put your energy into something else. And it says the heavens will disappear with a roar. The, uh, the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. And since everything will be destroyed in this way, Here's the important part. What kind of people ought we to be? And so I think it's important for us to notice that we need to stop arguing and trying to figure out what exactly will happen. But instead, how about we start becoming the person we ought to be? Well, how, how ought we to be? He says you ought to live holy. And when he says holy here, he's not, liter- he's not saying perfect. He's, it, the, the literal translation of this word holy literally means separate. So we're called to live separate than the culture. In fact, if you've been here for any other weeks in this series, we said that we're not called to reflect the culture, but we should set the culture. We should be a thermostat, not a thermometer. And he says, and live godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and and speed its coming. Can I tell you this last part, and speed its coming, that you play a role in Christ's return. What we do together as a church is aiding the coming and the return of Christ. As we, as we save people, as we bring more people in here, as we introduce people to Jesus, we aid in the return and we speed in the return of the coming of Christ. And that's why we need to be a church that's on a mission to reach as many people as possible. That's why we do it. We don't do it just because of the numbers, but we do it because we want to see Christ return. We want to speed the coming of Christ. And so all that, I want to summarize into three sentences, and I know that it's 12.15. I'm so sorry, all right? I'm so sorry, but let me give you these three sentences, and then we're going to go. I promise I don't usually preach this long, all right? Uh, Number one, you need to follow God, not culture. If you learned anything from this series, here's the summary. You need to follow God, not culture. Why? Because culture changes. God doesn't. And culture will change more. It'll continually change. And if you change with it, can I tell you that what Daniel was talking about, being wise, you are not a part of the wise. When you do that, you are not a part of the wise. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I want for our church today. I want people to look at this church and say, wow, They're blameless at the coming of Christ. And today would be such a great day to prepare yourself for that. But the second one here is this. Be ready for Christ's return. You need to be ready for Christ's return because it'll happen like a thief. We're not going to know when it's going to happen. But but, but when you don't, because, because we don't know, we ought to be ready. And that's why Jesus says this in Matthew 24. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord might come. And today would be a great day to prepare yourself for that. And number three is this, make the most of this life. You should make the most of this life because this life for us is awesome, can I tell you. We live in the greatest country on earth. Right? You're in an air-conditioned room right now. You'll probably go and have lunch somewhere after this. Can I tell you, we are blessed. That's who we are. We're so blessed and sometimes we just don't even realize it. But that is not what life is all about. 
Life is about making the biggest difference you can. And life should be about doing whatever it takes to get as many people as you can into heaven. That's our job. Make the most of it. Make the most of the opportunity that God has given you. Can I tell you that He has strategically placed you and me with the connections that we have to save people. Go and make the most of it. That's what we're called to do. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads this morning? Sorry I kept you late, but I hope you enjoyed this message. This morning, some of you, you need to recognize that you need to follow God, not culture. That you need to be ready. And that you need to make the most of this life. Can I tell you, you can start that today. Today you can say, Lord, I accept You. Jesus, I understand that You died on a cross for my sins. And because of that, I can be saved. I can be healed and I can be set free. This morning, if that's you and and you say, you know what, no, I came here and I have a whole new understanding on the Gospel. I have a whole new understanding about what Jesus did for me. I have a whole new understanding about where I'm going. If that's you and you say today, I want to accept Jesus into my heart. Would you, just on the count of three, would you just lift your hands so that I know. Are you ready for this? If you want to accept Jesus, are you ready? One, two, three. Would you lift your hands up? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I want to give you an opportunity. Thank you. This morning, church, because we believe in this prayer, Let's all pray it together. Everybody say this after me. Say, Dear God, thank You for sending Your Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for my sin. But I believe that You raised Him from the dead. Jesus, I make You my Lord. I give You my life. Thank You for giving me the Holy Spirit. 